All right, today is August 7th, 2022. Our lesson is on praise almighty God. And we're continuing study and worship in the Psalms. So we've taken prayer requests, so uh, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful that you are concerned about everything that concerns us and our families and friends and we and neighbors we thank you lord for dealing with this randy that he will come out to the church lord and, and receive from you what you have for him lord and we thank you for mickey's witness to him and and we thank you lord for being with opal and her friend also and and for bringing her to a saving knowledge of Christ if she hasn't accepted you, Lord. And we pray that you'll be with those that are in hospitals that need our prayers, such as Frida that's in a hospital. We pray that you'll comfort Tony and his family, Lord, at the loss of this loved one. And we pray that it will speak to their hearts about being ready to meet you, Lord, because we don't know when we might pass on and we don't know when Jesus is coming back. So we need to definitely know you and be ready, Lord, for you or for going to heaven to be with you. And we praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit now as we study your word together, Lord, as we look at praise in the Psalms. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. And uh, so our uh, lesson, as we said, is praise almighty God. He is almighty and worthy of all praise. If we had good singers here today and feeling good, we'd probably sing that, How Great Thou Art, because that's a beautiful song about when we look at the stars and and hear the rolling thunder, you know, and, and we will sing that chorus, How great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, amen, our Savior God to thee, how great thou art. And of course, there's many praise uh, songs in our hymnal, and that's the title of our hymnal, Sing His Praise. That's the hymnal we have here at the church, and other churches have it too. When I was pastoring over uh, at um, uh, Eastside, Baptist, not Baptist, Eastside Pentecostal Church of God, we used that hymnal as well. And uh, so it, it does have a lot of good praise songs in it. But of course, the best book we have on praise songs is psalms and uh, we will see that david wrote most of the psalms but some psalms were written by asaph and other songs were written by moses and different ones that wrote psalms but it it was the songbook that that israel used when they came together to worship and this uh Psalm of Asaph, I looked him up. He uh, 
if I spelled that right. P -H. It's P-H, yeah, not F. <laughs> I knew that didn't look right. Anyhow, they say that he was the song leader of worship under David and Solomon. And so uh, he uh, wrote some songs as well as being the song leader. And also that name itself means collector, is what his name means. And uh, so he probably helped put together the book of Psalms because he was a collector of Psalms. And uh, he was the song leader of uh, David and, and Solomon. And they say there may be another one by that name since some of the songs were written, or psalms, were written after um, the Babylonian captivity. And so he wouldn't have been alive at that time. But anyway, he was a song leader under David and Solomon. And there might have been another Asaph that also wrote some psalms, David and Solomon. And... Uh, uh, he's credited for 12 of the Psalms, and one of them is the one we're studying today, is the uh, 50th Psalm. So it, it'll say there, in, if you have a King James specially, it'll say a Psalm of Asaph. And uh, <coughs> so he's an interesting character, or person for sure. And our key verse is found in Psalm 147, 1, which states, Praise ye the Lord. It is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely, is the way King James says. In the NLT it says, Praise the Lord, how good to sing praises to our God, how delightful and how fitting it is to sing praises to the Lord. You know, Paul and Silas found out when they sang praises to God, even when they were in a deep, dark dungeon in our uh, prison house anyway, and uh, at midnight, it says, they began to sing praises unto God, and God released them and set them free and also was able to get the jailer saved because he thought they had escaped with all that earthquake and everything. And Paul told him, he said, don't harm yourself, we're, we're here still. And that's an amazing story that all the prisoners that we know besides Paul and Silas stayed right there after the earthquake. And uh, so that really impressed him and he said, what must I do to be saved? What a beautiful question. Paul was glad to answer him. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in your whole household. And so that's what he did. He went to the jailer's household and preached to the whole household there and baptized them And after they got saved. So that started that church there in Philippi. Uh, but anyway, there's power and praise, amen. And they could have really been discouraged and downhearted, you know, 
here they hadn't done anything wrong except deliver this girl that was bound by Satan and was casting or saying um, fortune-telling. And you find all that in Acts 16, of course. So in the 31st verse, that's where he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thine household. So if you have anyone in your household that isn't saved yet, you can claim that verse for their salvation. I'm claiming it for my son that's not saved right now. He has been, but he's just drifted away. But God can bring him back in. And because uh, it says that when they're old, it will not depart from them. And uh, he's often complained that he can't get these scriptures out of his head that that he was that he was taught, you know, in going to a Christian school for seven years. So, and of course, he was in Royal Rangers a while too, and and of course, he had uh, uh, uncle that became his dad after he adopted my son, and uh, and my my uh, brother that way is. Um, ordained minister with the Assemblies of God has been a long time. He helped start Royal Rangers when Royal Rangers was just beginning. <laughs> and he's still doing Royal Rangers at 86 years old. But any, anyway, uh, there's all kinds of plaques and, and things around the house, you know. And I, I take some of my posters sometimes and I put them up on my wall, you know, so... Timmy's seen those when he comes to visit. I have them right there in the bathroom where you, everybody has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, uh, he's been exposed, that's for sure. And without just getting into an argument with him, because he'll argue with you and uh, say that it's all a myth, Jesus just like Santa Claus or something like that. But anyway, um, we can claim that verse. Thou shalt be saved and thy household. So they said, put that on the refrigerator, and I did. Uh, Acts 16, 31. Our uh, central truth is sing praises to God for his matchless greatness. That's why I said that song, How Great Thou Art, fits right with this. And another course we uh, sang a long time ago, I don't know whether they still sing it here or not, uh, we bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord, and we offer up to him praises of thanksgiving. And, and uh, so it ends with that in our quarterly, I notice, about bringing the sacrifice of praise unto God. And so a lot of times we may not feel like it, but we still need to offer a sacrifice of praise unto God. And we get off easy because the sacrifices in the Old Testament, you had to bring a lamb or a, or a sheep or something, you know, to, to sacrifice. But we don't have to bring those animals' sacrifices because Jesus is the sacrifice once and for all as the Lamb of God. Amen. Right. That's true. Amen. And Paul said, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. And uh, so it's good to 
when you get up in the mornings or afternoon in my case, say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And instead of saying, oh, Lord, it's morning, say, good morning, Lord. Amen. Or as Benny Hinn wrote a book, good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, it's good to practice God's presence. So in the introduction, it says every civilized culture has laws that citizens are expected to obey. And God made his laws very clear when he established the nation of Israel. As we study Psalm 50 today, we ask God to open our hearts and minds to hear what he has to say to us regarding our present state of worship. And are we pleasing the Lord? Even in an unjust worldly justice system, the judge wields the power to pronounce the final verdict. And uh, so, how much more is true of God, who is the ultimate judge? Worship is a vital part of every believer's life and an integral part of the church. We do not have animal sacrifices, as I mentioned. Nevertheless, worship can take many forms, such as singing, giving in offerings, and serving. How we worship and what our heart condition is are keys. A regular examination in this area of our spiritual life is wise. So how do we keep worship passionate instead of just something to check off of a to-do list? Psalm 50 is a musical story about God issuing a court summons to all people. So we see him as a judge here in Psalm 50. He calls both heaven and earth as witnesses. No one is exempt from the summons to appear. In the song of 50, Psalm 50, God himself addresses all those claiming to be followers of Jehovah as well as those who reject him. So uh, they divide up this uh, Psalm 50 in several places here. But uh, we'll begin with Psalm 51 through 6. All righty. The mighty one God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. From Zion, <coughs> from Zion perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. He summons the heavens above and the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather to me this consecrated people, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. pause and think about it is what Selah means. Uh, so in heaven, it's likened unto a courtroom. And in a courtroom, you have a judge and you have a prosecuting attorney and you have a uh, 
defense attorney. And we know the judge is the father and the prosecuting attorney is Satan. Some wonder, why is Satan allowed to get up into heaven? Well, it's like a courtroom. You have to have the prosecuting attorney. And so he's up there until he's gonna be cast out for good and not be able to do it anymore. But he's known as the accuser of the brethren that accuses them day and night before God. And, but we have a defense attorney, Jesus, because it says in the scripture, my little children, I write unto you that you sin not, but if you do sin, we have an advocate, and that word advocate means lawyer. And so we have a defense attorney. When Satan brings all these accusations, which are probably true against us, Jesus raises up his nail-scarred hand and said, but I've already paid for it. <laughs> so they're, they're innocent. Praise God. So thank God for our defense attorney we have in Jesus. Amen. Uh, so it's, it's like a courtroom, definitely, in, in heaven's courtroom. There's the judge, the prosecuting attorney, and the defense attorney. So that's what those verses was talking about, that God is the judge there. And it says, a, a fire shall devour before him. We know our God is a consuming fire. And uh, we've had a lot of fires here in the United States, especially out in California and, and even here in Texas because of the drought situation. And uh, any little spark can, can bring up a big fire. And so... Uh, God uses fire sometimes as judgment. We know he sent fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, fire and brimstone came down from heaven. And we know that Elijah called down fire upon those that were coming to arrest him. They said, man of God, come with us. He said, if I am a man of God, let fire come down and destroy you. And fire came down from heaven and destroyed them. And uh, so God does use fire as judgment. And so it says that he calls to the heaven from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. You remember when, going back to Sodom and Gomorrah, when he was about to check out Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham pleaded before him for Sodom and Gomorrah, and he said, should not the judge of all the earth do what's right? So if you find 50 righteous, would you destroy that whole city? He said, no, I'll, I'll spare it for 50. Then he said, well, what about 45? And you know how he jewed him down to finally 10, because he figured surely there was 10 righteous but God couldn't even find 10, and uh, so it was destroyed. But Abraham addressed him as the judge of all the earth, and he is the judge of all the earth. All right, we're ready now for 16 through 23. We'll still let okay. Sherry read, but you have to skip down to Alrighty. 16 through okay. 23. Verse 16. Okay. 
But to the wicked person, God says, What right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. But I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. All right. Reading again. So he said, I kept silence when you were doing a lot of these things. God wheels run slows, they say sometimes, you know, but they do run, and there will be an accounting someday. And uh, so he said, ye that forget God, consider this, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. And also in the verse before that, he said, you thought I was just like you. That's dangerous. God is way above us, and, and uh, we are to be like him. He's not to be like us, and, and he isn't like us. There's another verse, I think, over in Numbers where it says, God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. And when he speaks, it happens, amen. <laughs> so uh, it... it it concludes there with that verse, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. If you want to glorify the Lord, offer praise unto him. And it's not that he's so egotistical, but he knows that's how he can bless us when we offer praise unto him. Because he praises us as well. And he sings about us, Zechariah tells us, or Zephaniah, sorry. Zephaniah says, he that sitteth in, in the heavens will sing and, and dance before uh, God for he loves us so much. And he's, he, someone said if he, if he had a refrigerator, our picture would be on the refrigerator, you know, because every one of us is precious in his sight. And so as we're worshiping him, he's sending back, praise to us too and uh, so it's it's a beautiful thing to and if you offer praise you're glorifying him amen all right let's catch these verses about entreat the self-sufficient one 7 through 15 uh, opal you want to try that sure. it's still in psalm 50 Psalm 57 through 15. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. 
I know all of the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and shall and you shall glorify me. All right. So we can't really give God anything that isn't His already in in our uh, sacrificial giving, you know, because He said all the cattle on a thousand hills are mine, and uh, so you're not bringing Him. A gift when you're offering a, a cow or a bull because it's already his. <laughs> but isn't what isn't his is souls of men, and that's what he wants uh, to win souls for him because they were once his, but they have strayed away from him, and so we need to bring souls onto him. And uh, so he said. If I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you, <laughs> for the world is mine in the fullness. And so he said, offer unto God thanksgiving. That's what we can offer. And pay thy vows, as we said that, uh, in previous lessons, that has to do with commitment. Be committed unto the Lord. He's looking for commitment. And to call upon him when we're in trouble. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. So uh, he is the all-sufficient one. Uh, there's, he owns everything. <laughs> He's the true landowner of this whole earth. And as the landowner, landowner of the earth, he was able to give Israel a a partial land and he said I give this unto you it belongs to you and and it is yours and he is not an Indian giver <laughs> if he gives something it's it's genuine and uh, so I don't care how much Iran or Iraq and and uh, Hezbollah and all those think that they can wipe Israel out they will never do it because They'll find out there's a God in heaven when they surround Israel and hailstones the size of a ton comes down. And, and uh, God fights for Israel. And uh, they have bombarded Israel re recently, you know, with all these rockets. But most of them are, are not able to really come into the land because they have that iron dome. But really they have the God of Israel that is keeping them and sending them a different direction. So God fights for Israel. He that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And uh, so the sacrifice course, though, was a symbol of Israel's covenant agreement. Israel was unfaithful to the covenant, though, that God made with them. And so therefore they suffered the consequences when they went into idolatry. The same would hold true for anyone wearing a wedding band but living as if it had no meaning. And uh, so the gavel comes down. Like I said, God's the judge. God decrees their sacrifices are worthless 
unless given from a heart of thanksgiving. And uh, King David knew this truth. He said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, he would not offer a sacrifice that cost him nothing because he, he was a king, you know, and, and so the, uh, he wanted to buy this threshing floor. And they said, you can have it, you know. He said, nope, I'm not going to offer anything that cost me nothing. So he paid them for that threshing, threshing floor. And I believe that's where the temple was later built. I'm not sure on that, but it was used in a great way. Uh, so to, to treat our relationship with God as valueless is an affront to God who created us in his image and made a way for us to escape eternal damnation. So now we come to part three. Sing praises to the Lord, and that's found in Psalm 147. I don't want to get Mickey choking, so I'll go ahead and read it. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. If you notice, starting with either 147 or 146, let me see. Yeah, 146. Starting with 146 through the rest of the Psalms, it all, every chapter begins, praise ye the Lord. <coughs> and every chapter ends with praise ye the Lord. And so it's, these are definitely praise Psalms. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem, as we said, he gathered together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by name. No wonder it says in that song that I quoted, when I see the stars. Because when you look at those stars, remember God has named every one of them. I know some people try to make money by, by telling you can buy a star for your loved one, you know, and name it after that loved one. Sorry, they're already named. God already knows the names of all the stars. He's not going to go by what man would try to call them. He calleth them all by name, and there's billions of stars out there. He told Abraham, your seed would be as the stars of the heavens and as the sands of the sea. Not only that, we're told that he knows every detail of our lives. And not only does he call all the stars by name, he calls every person that is born by name. He has a name for everyone. And... Uh, Whenever he called anybody, when Jesus called anybody, he always called them by name. And when he spoke to men and women in, in the Old Testament, he always called them by name. Little Samuel, you know, he said, Samuel, Samuel. He didn't say one, four, six, you know. The government knows you by number, but God knows you by name. Amen. He calls us by name just as he calls the stars. And Jesus said, not even 
the hair of your head will fall out without him noticing the number that you have left. Mm -hmm. So he's subtracting from me all the time. But <laughs> that's all right. Some, some people's heads, God doesn't uh, care about, and others he, he loves. <laughs> no, he loves everyone. Uh, but... Yeah. 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 Some hands are not perfect. Right. <laughs> and they have to be covered up. It's my hand. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's something to realize how minute detail he is concerned about each one of us. Yeah. And he said, not even a sparrow will fall to the ground without the father noticing. But how much more are you valuable than the sparrows? Because Christ paid the price for us. So anyway, he telleth the number of the stars. Great is our Lord and a great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifted up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. That's what we're talking about today, about singing his praises. And so it says to do that, to sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving and sing praises upon the harp unto our God. And especially in the 150th Psalm, it mentions all these instruments. We were talking about a while ago how that uh, some people in the Church of Christ cried when they saw instruments coming in. But the Bible plainly says to do that, to praise him in the sanctuary, praise him with the sound of trumpet, praise him with psaltery and harp, praise him with tim timbles, which is close to drums because drums have timbles, <coughs> cymbals. <coughs> praise him in the dance, praise him with string instruments and organs, praise him upon the loud cymbals, that's what I was looking for. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. So uh, God uh, enjoys the praises of instruments that praise him. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, and he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. That's an interesting verse. But it's talking about how that uh, a man thinks that most of his strength is in his legs. So he's saying man doesn't give him pleasure just because he's a strong man. I think of these bodybuilders that build up all their muscles and everything. And uh, God doesn't take any pleasure in them doing all that. But he does take pleasure in those that... Uh, he delighteth, like I said, not in the strength of a horse, which is a real strong animal, and he taketh not pleasure in, in mankind uh, that is strong. But the Lord does take pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. So praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. I think I went over. Yeah, 1 through 11. All right, so we're out of time, but 
we're going to go in there and, and praise God and song and worship. <coughs> and we'll be looking forward to the revival coming on uh, Saturday the 13th and the 14th next Sunday as well as Saturday. So we thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. We, we truly do praise you for your goodness to man and because you are a good God and worthy of all praise. And we thank you for victory on those that are recovering from illnesses. And we thank you, Lord, for victory for this young man that had his legs broken and was able to walk out of there after prayer, we thank you, Lord, that you are still in the healing business and, and salvation business. And we thank you that you are the deliverer and that you are the judge, but thank you that, that we have an advocate with the Father when we do sin that will plead our case for us. And we praise you for that also. And we thank you for being with the service to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming out. Pray for those that aren't here.